Hello and welcome to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. My name is David Callishaw and I'm joined by George Weaver. Hello, David. And Tom Thrower. <sighs> um right. Shall we just shall we just be angry men, just normal, innocent, angry men for the opening few minutes and just get out what we're feeling right now. Tom, what are you feeling right now? Uh, I think, I don't know, uh, this is potentially a little bit uh, over the top, but I feel quite concerned because I think the past five, six years of terribleness at our football club potentially came down to uh, a mere few months of bad decision-making. I mean, this podcast has been through those enough, not sacking Hughes, sacking him too late, appointing Paul Lambert um, and then giving Gary Rowett just all the money to sign shit footballers. And that has sort of doomed us to the recent spell that we've been through of really shit, horrible mid-table championship, not going down, not going up shit. Um, I'm now starting to be quite concerned that the months of decision-making leading up from deciding to stick by O'Neill, I guess, uh, at the end of last season, um, give him a transfer window, which was a very, very, very system-heavy transfer window. We signed players to play in the 3-5-2 that O'Neill had us playing in and then sacked him before the end of said transfer window um, after a difficult start. I'm not really wanting to get into whether like specifics on that being the right decision and, and obviously appointing Neil after it. I just have a concern that we're now at another um, pass of a new era of our football club where this decision is going to affect the next half decade, decade uh, of our football club. And it's not going to get pleasant. Um, I mean, there was a spell, I think, where Coventry fans hadn't seen Coventry score more goals or win more games and they lost and conceded for like, um, like 10 years. Uh, and I kind of feel like that might be where we go. We might go down and linger in League One for a bit. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think we're bad enough to get relegated. Um, but I just think it's going to be joyless for a significant period of time um, and I don't even think someone like Alex Neal is to blame for it I'm I, I, I'm, I'm sure there'll be some differing views on Alex Neal on this podcast I still quite like him I still think he's a good manager but um, it's not a matter of us being cursed we're just an atrociously run football club and it's really got to a stage where it's getting ridiculously painful when it doesn't need to be and never should have been. Um, and I was explaining this to someone for the first time today who uh, doesn't really pay attention to, to football outside of the Premier League and having to sort of hash out these steps was fucking horrible. Um, and was like, what did uh, my friend say? What did Will say? It was like, it was like, um, <laughs> it's like doing the autopsy of a loved one. It's just, it's just gross. It, like no one's having a good, there's, there's nothing good coming out of that. Um, I think that's my rant. So I'm going to carry on drinking my leftover Prosecco from New Year's Eve. George. Yeah. I mean, I'll carry on with that. with something you said earlier, Tom, which was that we seem to have taken 
in the sense that we were saying, right, O'Neill needs to go because we need someone else to take over from that point. And what we now have is we've given him a full window, like you said, to build a squad for his system that's already pretty pretty threadbare because it's not done on a lot of money. Um, and instead of playing to that system, we sacked him after five games, uh, gave Alex Neil do on Sterling. And now we're kind of reaping the rewards of that. I think I'm going to be a bit more critical than you are of Alex Neil, Tom, in the sense that what I've seen is us go from a club that controlled quite a few games, had a lot of off days, but did control some games and kind of needed a few tweaks. Um, I think of like the Rotherham game at home particularly. And I compare that to either today's game or the Rotherham game away or things like the Coventry game that Alex Neil regularly quotes as kind of a, well, we lost it in moments. And I think my issue is that we're not controlling games enough to force any of those moments. He speaks constantly about how, well, in the two boxes, there's a couple of moments in each game and we're on the wrong end of them. But it's kind of like he's entirely disconnected from the fact that we can change that by maybe trying to control the game a bit more. And coming out after today's match and saying, I'm not sure if it was true, but I heard it on Twitter, said that he sort of said, well, I understand the fans' frustration, but we can't, we don't want to just go and hoof it. Well, I'm sorry, but that the game he's just watched, if that's not hoofing it, then I'm quite worried about what's coming next. Um, I think he's a manager who really wants to play in transition and only in transition. And I'm very worried that trying to win cagey games based off moments with a squad that has basically spent six years being bottle jobs, throwing it in their own net from absolutely any angle and any position in the game, it is not going to work out very well. Um, so I've kind of started to turn a bit on Neil and I'm very worried about giving him the money that he obviously needs and we're obviously going to give him uh, this window to kind of tear apart a squad again and sort of start again in his image. A little bit wary of kind of what that image is from what we've seen so far. Uh, yeah, I largely agree with that. The The comments from Alex Neil did, did sort of annoy me quite a bit. Now, I do appreciate that quite often what managers are doing in post-match you know, press conferences and things is like they're either sort of doing damage limitation on behalf of themselves or the, the their own players or whatever. So um I'm trying not to let that fester too much, but it was he was clearly like, oh come on, you know, at least it's it's it just it just reminded me so much of Rowett, of Jones, of sort of O'Neill towards the sort of latter half as well, where they he's not wrong. He's not wrong in t- saying things like um you know, getting impatient fans when we're passing the ball at the back. That is true. And something we've remarked upon in the past. And it's like, but it's kind of like the sort of, there's a defensiveness there and there's the sort of prickliness coming through. Um, that is nothing to do, I think, with, you know, what the fans have done or the players or whatever, it's to do with the fact he knows it's not going well and it's kind of a kind of lashing out defensive 
kind of reflex um because god knows rower and jones uh, were definitely really guilty of that um but my thing isn't really to do with alex neil like you know what he's i don't i don't really have a strong opinion on, on him at the moment um i think I wouldn't be sorry to see him go based on what I've seen so far performance-wise. Nonetheless, that it would be a sort of slightly insane thing to do given sort of the the nature of the way the club has been run. I guess, but but we we come back to it, the, the real elephant in the room, which is becoming a louder, more aggressive, more... Um, Dally elephant. More, more no, dangerous... More dangerous elephant uh, that is shitting everywhere right now is is the Coates family. Is particularly John's role at the club, and there's it's becoming more and more apparent to more and more people that the club, whilst well financed, has been appallingly, appallingly run for six or seven years now. There was a moment because we. We got into the Premier League and by the miracle and genius of Tony Pulis and his his system being at the sort of the right system for the right time, we established ourselves in it. And we're with you know a bit more ambition in terms of the caliber of player we signed we we were able to sort of take that a bit further sort of excitement wise under Hughes and then we shat it we just shat it we had a moment there where we could have just made ourselves a Premier League club for years and years and years to come but um because uh, because Ginelli and Bueller didn't work out, that meant that we had to resort to nine at the back and old grafters of Phil. You know, we just no, no, we can't, we can't do the Arnautovic thing anymore. We need to do the Phil Bardsley thing. And signing Jesse on loan means ambition. That's that's the foreign you get. And it and then it was all like, ah, oh, shit, panic, 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 panic. Right, get rid of Hughes too late. And and yeah, and then the sequence of bad managerial appointments and bad. Uh, recruitment appointments and bad off the pitch decisions all sort of sort of gets worse and worse and worse like trying to put out a fire by adding petrol to it every fucking year just being like well you can't it, look look at all this <laughs> gasoline did, gasoline didn't work this year but kerosene's got to work this year <laughs> yeah and now we, and now it's just like but but rather than the sort of initial panickiness of of like the initial relegation and whatever, we now have a situation where it's like the fire's just there now, and we're either the little dog saying this is fine, or we're just like, oh no, ah oh, damn, if mm, not sure what to do about this fire. I know something gets rid of it, but I'm not sure what. Ricardo Sports Bar will get rid of it, um, and I think if nothing else, these last few weeks have seemingly in my eyes, like opened up quite a few more people's eyes to the realization that it's not just a manager thing or a player's thing. It's a inherent fucking um, lack of judgment and leadership from the top of the club. Does that excuse some atrocious individual performances? No, it does not. Does it excuse um, some really baffling tactical decisions no it doesn't but fuck me we're here again and i don't i'm finding it harder and harder to give a shiny shite 
I think that's, that's the amazing. thing, isn't it? It's it's the apathy. It's the apathy that really hurts. And you know how many how many seasons can you go a row in in booing a team off a pitch in a plurality of games? Um, and how often is it? Does it not? How often is it deserved before you start thinking, "Fucking hell, this is bad"? Um, I'd say pound for pound. Uh, it's a toss-up between us and Everton for worst-run football clubs in Britain, um, considering the the vast resources we have access to, and seemingly that tap has not been turned off. And and our owners are quite proud of talking about how the fact that that tap will never be turned off while they're in charge. Uh, the fact that we are languishing in this position time and time again is mad. And we could sack Alex Neil. But what does that mean? Well, we have to sack the new technical director who we've just hired because that was Alex Neal's decision. Um, we probably have to overhaul the recruitment department again what, because what, that's sorry, the sorry, Tom. What fucking club does that? Us. What, fucking what, us. What, what club Literally does just does, us. does? Oh, um, by the way, uh, welcome aboard. Um, do you know anyone who can do all the sort of uh, the signings, the recruitment stuff? Because we've tried a few lads out. It's not really worked for him. Do you know anyone, man, who will be here? 12 months. And again, it, it, it's which, which what, what, what bizarre new path are we going to go down? Because I thought with, again, and this isn't uh, a criticism of O'Neill and, and Cousins and their system, but they had a clear plan that, that was pretty much recruitment wise. We can't spend much money. So what we need to do is as soon as we know someone's contract's coming up to the end, we need to get in their ear as soon as we can and be like, oh, look, we're really interested about you joining our project. What can we do? And that's worked with some of the signings that we've made. We signed some good players on freeze in the past 12, 18 months, arguably the best recruitment we've done at the club for a long time, um, consistently. Um, and what, what, what direction are we going to go under, under Alex Neal? And the scary thing for me, and I think maybe Matt mentioned this on the pod at the start was Alex Neal coming in and being like, Oh, I really wanted to come and work for the coaches. Uh, they give me everything I want as a manager. I'm paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. Okay, are we are we we're still the only club flying the manager led model in the world? It would appear. Um, there's a reason that Brighton can lose Graham Potter and be fine. There's a reason Brentford can sack Dean Smith and get promoted under Thomas Frank, and it's not because Robert Deserby or Thomas Frank are inherently better managers than the people who've gone before them. It's just that they have a style of football. And they say to the manager, this is what you're going to have. Uh, this is what we're going to keep recruiting for. And you're just another part in the grand cog. You aren't You aren't in charge. Yes, you might be a good man motivator. You might be able to um, do tactical tweaks better than another manager. But fundamentally, this is what we are as a football club. This is how we're going to play. And if things start going wrong, well, we're really sorry, but we're going to go in a different direction. But it's not a totally different direction it's not in a we're not lurching from from Gary Rowett's football to Nathan Jones's football to Michael O'Neill to Alex Neal's bloody um like whatever ball he's playing at the minute like um I, I can't remember the word the word for changing things to try and make them work anyways um it, it, we're we're just stuck in this system where Every single time we sack a manager, it's rolling the dice on everything. We're pulling up the club and O'Neill seemed to have introduced a bit of stability, but still, he was still in charge of everything. And how fucking long is it going to be before 
our owners wake up to the fact that running a football club like that is mental. It, it is so unstable and reliant on one bloke being able to pull everything off because ultimately look at O'Neill. O'Neill is, is the textbook definition for why it's a massive problem. He gets a huge, huge amount of success when he takes over. We win the fourth most points of anyone in the country for the year after he took charge of the club. And then it comes off the rails and the results drop off and performances maybe drop off a little bit and things just don't seem to be going his way. Recruitment isn't perhaps where he'd want it to be as in it hasn't elevated the team higher. So you come to the decision that you're going to move on from him, but then it's turmoil again. You've got a squad who aren't ready for a new manager who wants to play in different styles. You've got one winger in the building, which basically says you can only play one one format well one sort of genre of formation with a very narrow attack uh, and lots of strikers and that is just sacking a manager after five games is a risky decision irrelevant and we can sit here and it could have come off it could have come off we could be closer to the playoffs equally we could be where we are now sort of dipping towards this bracket of teams who might be fighting relegation But what is indisputable, hindsight or not, is that the current setup of our football club makes the success of that much harder to achieve because there is no general stability. There is no general idea. There is just, well, we'll see what he can do. If you're a barber and you maybe make a slight mistake on someone's fringe, this is someone with a lot of hair, what you don't do is shave everything off, wait nine months and see if you can get it right the next time. What you do is you work around it, try try your best to fix the problem as best you can. You don't like rip everything out. You don't peel off the scalp and just say, well, that didn't work out quite the way I hoped. So let's just completely work on a brand new scalp and you don't, you don't do a Wayne Rooney with it. Um, that that's that's what we are. We are the fucking demon barber of Hanley or whatever. Um, ah, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think we have we have talked about our frustration with the way the club is run, like for fucking ages on this podcast. And I'd, what is kind of elite, at least a little bit reassuring for me, is that it's now starting to be said on praise and grumble where it didn't used to get said at all before. It used to be just like, no, no, it's it's O'Neill, Rowett, Jones, it's. Campbell, it's the defense, it's Baker, it's you know whoever's fault. But now is there's there's sort of you'd ha- you'd have to be as thick as mints to to not realize there's an overarching thing. And you know we we've not just been unlucky um, for three hundred and sixty three games or whatever. Um, so that's given me some p- kind of like positive reassurance that at least the fan base uh, sort of wise to that. Now, obviously, what one of the reasons I can't be asked going to home games anymore is this kind of idea of this toxic atmosphere, which uh, really, you know, came to her today, as I full, fully expected it to. I think even if we'd have won, I think it still would have been pretty similar. Um, a tweet from Phil on Twitter, who says, you'll probably focus rightly on the players, tactics and owners, but I'd also be interested to hear something on the atmosphere at the ground. There's an understandable apathy amongst the crowd. How do we restore any sort of positive fan-player relationship? I mean, that's tough, but 
I think the the brutal and perhaps the saddest answer is winning games and playing better football. I don't think you can. I I can't make a case for Tyrese Campbell being an all right lad. I can't make a case for them. I say, well, they're not as good as some of the other lads, but you know what? In general, most of them do try because I think on the whole, that's true. We might not look it sometimes because we play so shite, but um, I don't think there's a, there is a way to improve that relationship that doesn't involve us winning football matches. Anyway, um, anyone got any thoughts on either atmosphere or um, anything? Anyone got any more things they want to get off their chest? I think it's a tough one with atmosphere because, like you just said, that people like Campbell who tend to get stick pretty much week in, week out. If they win the game, you know, that it's kind of, oh, okay, fine. But And if we lose a game, it's because we didn't try hard enough. And we've said this before on the podcast. I know I know Matt particularly has said basically, you know, if we don't win a game, it's because we're not trying as hard. And sometimes it's not that. Sometimes there's other things. And I don't think I don't think in the ground we're willing to accept that for some games. Um I also just think at some point people start to get used to being like that in a ground and that's what they do week in, week out now. Um I don't think if Tyrese Campbell scores 20 goals in the rest of the season, I still think he's going to get the same jibes about being lazy. I think people have just kind of got used to it. And now that's what they do when they go to the ground. I think also there's perhaps a little bit of being spoiled. Um, And now um, what I want to sort of tread carefully here, because I don't want to go too far off and just say, oh, it's, you know, it's the Premier League fans. Because I don't think it's, I don't think it's a particular generation of fan. I think, yeah, uh, old people can uh, be just as entitled as younger people and so on. But um, I, I keep hearing on Radio Stoke and on Twitter and things like that, we haven't got a Shawcross, Walters, you know, you, you, you'll know the names, Shawcross, Whelan, Walters, Hooth. Um, oh, we, ha- we don't have those figures in the team anymore. Definitely true. I don't think we do have uh, quote-unquote leaders. I don't think we do have... Um, possibly possibly like big sort of characterful players like that. I think that's A, because we're a much worse team in a much worse league. And so players with those attributes generally might rise up a bit higher than where we are. That's one. Um, Second thing, I think the sort of overhaul with managers and players means like we don't have stalwarts anymore. I mean, the closest thing we've got to a stalwart is probably leaving in January. Um. And yeah, and, and I'm not saying like, oh, these these lads are going to run through brick walls for anyone. But I think there is an element to which because that team was so, you know, fundamental in uh, getting crowds in. Like before before that team, before that Pulis promotion, we got 16, 17,000 crowds and then we had a full stadium. And then, like a lot of people who go to Stoke now would have started going either again or for the first time when we had players like that. And it was a kind of underdog mentality and yada, yada, yada. But I think that has embedded in some people the idea of what a Stoke team should be like. Uh, It should be like 100% balls to the wall, pelt, run, whatever. Tyrese Campbell, as much as I love him, he, he's he's not a target man, so he's not going to jump for a header the way John Walters did. He's not going to throw himself at everything. And of course, 
like that can look lazy. That can look like that because what he what he does is he tries to drop his shoulder and roll his man stood on the ground rather than try and win a header against a six foot seven lad. Um, and I think in, in people's minds, what a Stoke striker should do in that situation is what Mama Sidibe did or John Walters did. So I think that's where a lot of it comes from. It's this identity crisis, I guess, of this is what a Stoke team should be like. I think as well, you you know, we say, you know, I know Polis used to say the kind of steak and chips thing where if you're used to steak and chips and then you get, I don't know, generic other worse meal, whatever, you get annoyed. Um, I think it wasn't the best football that anyone has ever seen, but in terms of the emotional kind of act of being a fan of a club, beating Arsenal 2-1 at home when you've just come up and everyone's told you you're going down and doing it that way and then having Wenger react as he did and all that sort of things, those giant killings were like, that's kind of the pinnacle for a club that isn't going to win the Premier Division, basically. And I think it's tough for people to not... I think we kind of want that back again and I don't think it's ever going to happen. But the, teams like that don't do that anymore in that th- way. Yeah, I was just the thing we miss the most isn't the direct style of play or the fact we used to charge into tackles uh, at lightning speed or take bodies with us. It's the fact we won. We won games. Yeah, we we got just, a promotion. Yeah, absolutely. I was, I was just about to say. I think that there, there's a there's a there's a level of reactionary and not not and just using that in a in a neutral sense. Not saying it's a good thing. Not saying it's a bad thing. To a lot of the takes around the current team, because ultimately this is a football team who, especially at home, and and ultimately that is most people's experience of football matches, especially live ones, who just haven't won games for a very consistent period of time now. So people are always going to be fucked off with players in that situation and critique every level of their game with some coming more under the the spotlight than others. Um, I just think we're such a bloody dinosaur of a football club. Like the, the little teams who beat big teams, Brentford have just beaten Liverpool. Brentford haven't played hit and hope football. Brentford have played their system that they know how to play against Liverpool. We don't have that. We won't have that, I think, for the foreseeable future. And I was so probably someone who rallied against the atmosphere at Graham's and, and stopped going to home games because just, well, occasional ones, but it's just a shit place to go and it's not enjoyable and I can't remember the last time I did. But people are going to be angry and you can't, I don't think we can criticise anymore. And that's why I liked Alex Neal in the first place, because he basically came in and when things were shit at the start said, well, yeah, of course they're going to boo us off the pitch. We keep losing games of football. I'm not desperately bothered about that. I'm more concerned with winning games of football. Um, And I think that's it. That's the answer. We've, we've talked a bit about things at the ground and I guess Ricardo's is a step in that direction. But if we're shit, and we're not winning games of football, it's going to be a negative atmosphere. People are not going to enjoy themselves. And what football supporters are are very organic, especially in England. We don't have ultras. We don't have sections of the ground who will, irrelevant of the result, sort of keep an atmosphere Mm. going. And you can't can't astroturf that in 
I mean, it's arguable that that has been tried at Stoke, not AstroTurf, and I don't want to offend any of the people who sort of tried to try and get that atmosphere yeah. going. But but people um, people will will reject that kind of effort to do it out of hand anyway, won't they? Like yeah. if you if you, if you, if you change. suggest a flag, you'll be like, no, it's, it's shit. It's meant to be shit. If you don't like it, there's the door. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I think what we are just. I think the the short. Um, thesis of this podcast has basically been we're in an age of the well-run club now and we and we are still the last relic of the give it give it to the proper football man he'll sort it out um which i think if you just look at the clubs in the premier league there's there's not there's no club in the premier league possibly with the exception of I was going to say Southampton. Forest but no. by accident. Yeah. Forest by accident. No, not definitely Maybe not Forest. Southampton. Not Southampton's model at all. Um, Forest by accident, basically. Yeah. Dave Cooper the job and got promoted. Yeah. And but this that's... is the thing. Even if it works perfectly well and Alex Neal has the best season anyone's ever had and gets us into the Prem and finishes, you know, 10th pie in the sky, whatever. Um, he then leaves. Boom. And then <laughs> yeah, the nuclear bomb goes off again. So... Mm. Yeah, um, so I'll do some quick Twitter questions. Which of the Cornetto trilogy was best? Hot fuzz. Hot fuzz, yeah, totally agree. Yep. Um, <laughs> why can't Brown, Campbell and Delap kick a ball cleanly? Yarp. Yarp. Narp. Narp. No luck catching really him good. swans then. Um, <laughs> hey, well uh, done, Joe. Uh, one win in six for Swansea, uh, and the five they didn't win, you started all of them. But we miss him, Tom. We miss him. <laughs> yeah, good. But this is the thing. This is the thing about having a certain kind of player. We just, yeah, uh, it's not even worth thinking about. Uh, just on the midfield, quickly. Um, what the, what the, what the fuck is Why? going on? <laughs> Why? Why? What's the point? That, I think that answers all of the questions you could have about the midfield. Right, right. Crazy idea, pie in the sky. Mm-hmm. We play an attacking midfield, like a number 10 kind of player. Maybe uh-huh. one who's actually got, got like footballing ability. Don't but, have one of those, do we? No, pick now. No, no, I could, <laughs> could have swear there used to be a guy. Um, but <laughs> isn't it odd now that... Given the players we have in the squad, a diamond probably suits our midfield the best. Um, oh, I will. I will actually. In in lieu of giving Alex Neil time and bringing in his own players, he does seem to want wingers, which is encouraging. Um, I, I, I say encouraging. It's like at least he's not a stone cold moron and is like not trying to persist with a shit system that's not going to suit him. Um, Are you saying he's not stupid? It's not. He's. He's, he's not, not stupid. stupid. Um, I can't believe I was. I was so determined to go and two footed on Alex Neil today, but you know what? I got. I got angrier at other things. Man's been churned up and spat out by the Stoke City FC. and booed, and booed oh. off stage. Um. <laughs> uh, what is your favourite chant? Old Stoke player or current? Um. I, I, like like, uh... I like boo. I like boo. Everyone knows the word. I was saying imbula. <laughs> imbula. I was saying boujan. Um, full of Asher. Uh, Rushi says, "Have a day off." Oh, oh, that was because I tweeted, "Take the R and start again." 
it's, it's, it's funny when deadly serious tweets uh, get taken deadly literally. That's fun, isn't it? Um, you need a... Yeah, and the rest of our mentions are a cesspit. Oh, God. Oh, God, New Year's Eve was fun, but I mentioned I missed Michael O'Neill, sort of wistfully thinking about what a nice bloke he was. Yeah. Lovely. Where are, where are you now? Still there. Still in our mentions. Um, Red and White Christmas, please. Uh, there's That's still going to still go into the end of January at Red and White Christmas on Twitter. Uh, it's been absolutely lovely seeing those donations in. Um, uh, what's, what have we got next? Hartlepool. That's the that's fun. Hartlepool. Who's bringing a monkey? Who... They, that's what they do. They, they yeah, they monkeys up there, and then they elect them mayor. Or did they? Did, did, Who knows? Who knows? They don't have a nice bus station. That's what we lost to today. Hmm. Yeah. Fun. Uh, so we're gonna lose that, aren't we? I think that. Oh, yeah. I I that's a big L coming. <sighs> Does remind me of another manager who had a shit result away in the FA Cup in January. And got booed off. I mean, you, I, in a I championship am actually fixture in January. Done it. Okay, I was going to check which one because that could be Hughes or Rowett. Yeah, it could be quite, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and Jones because because of the Shrewsbury. Oh fuck yeah! Oh god! <laughs> yeah, he did lose that, didn't he? They're all but man. <laughs> Fucking hell! Oh, imagine oh. if we won the FA Cup though. How how egg on our face? Yeah, I want to see Europa Europa Conference Stoke City in the championship. I want us to get We're booed playing, off at half time four games at the a day. <laughs> I, I, I want it to be the FA Cup final, and we've we've hung on for extra time against Man City. We just get booed off. You're not fit to wear the shirt. <laughs> Anyone know what that is in Catalan? Uh, yeah, me, but uh, we just don't have time. We don't have time. Um, yes, so thank you for listening. This has been a therapy session in association with uh, misery. Um, George, thank you very much for being here, and ho- I hope you have a merry and prosperous new year. Thank you, Dave. I have a question for the listeners actually. Um, uh, we wanted to ask here if you are a, if you were a skeleton. Uh, who would you haunt? Give us three people below. If you were a skeleton, who would you haunt? That is a fantastic question, Tom. Thank you for coming here, and uh, yeah, thank thanks everyone, and thanks for for making me mull over who I'm going to haunt. All the best to you and your skeletons in 2023. Um, I, I I said go on Stoke for five years. I said I think I said fuck off Stoke last time. Uh, I'm just going to say the word Stoke and see what happens. Stoke. I have just got in from Stoke City nil, Preston North End 1, and I'm very, very angry and very, very tired. We have no concept of how we want to play the game. Alex Neal is seeing things in the game that simply aren't happening and do not exist and insists that we're actually playing quite well and that... We're just getting caught and it's very frustrating and I honestly do not know what he is seeing. I am very, very worried about where we're going. Um, We've got a big, big transfer window ahead yet again and 
I think he wants a lot of money. I'm very concerned that we will give him a lot of money and we will just continue to repeat the mistakes. And for a guy who, when he arrived, said he was willing to be uh, accountable for him to be coming out and saying that it's not always the manager's fault. That's true, Alex, but also just because it's not all the manager's fault does not mean that the manager takes no blame at all. And we are 100% going backwards, even compared to when he first arrived. We are really, really struggling for anything. The ground is utterly, utterly toxic to be in. The club is in a really sorry state. And I honestly do not know where we go from here, to be honest with you. So, Happy New Year. I hope everyone listening has a great time. A much better time than the one I've had. And, yeah, go on, Stoke, and cheer me up for once, please. Thank you.